Now, as a keen listener to this show, you might be thinking, all this technology, it's all nice, but what does it have to do with the real issues in pharmacy? Does it give me a high valuation and it can give me the financial freedom to choose how I wish to spend time in and out of the pharmacy? Well, I've invited Jeff Green from GRG Momentum, the author of The Smart Business Exit, who connects the dots for us today and answers the big question of why technology can improve the valuation of your business. Welcome to The Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 72. Well, we're going to go in different directions today. I've interviewed and met with hundreds of pharmacy owners in the last 12 months, and what we cover off today in planning a smart business exit is something that's applicable to everyone. From every conversation I've had, there's really only two directions we seem to be going in. We want to reclaim that financial freedom that we perhaps once had or are trying to create in a new pharmacy business, or we're contemplating our next moves as to whether we exit our business right now and perhaps move on to another pharmacy or a different chapter of our career as well. So there's something in it for everyone, and underlying that is the central theme of why technology can help you on that journey by boosting the valuation of your business. But Jeff will get into that very, very shortly. I won't spoil it for you. How's your week been? It's been a busy and it's been a very cold one here in Melbourne. Um, I'm recording this the night before I'm headed up to Sydney, so it's a little bit early in the week for me recording this, but it's such a jam-packed schedule. Meeting with motivated pharmacy owners like you, up in Sydney that I'm just simply not going to even have time to record it in the hotel room. So little change for me doing it early in the week. Hope you were somewhere warm if you got a chance to get away. But I thought before we'd march ahead and catch up with Jeff for our chat this week is I wanted to bring together a series of emails that I've received in the last three to four weeks, which had a very central but underlying theme. And it all had to do with one specific topic. CPD. I had a number of listeners write in to say, wouldn't it be fantastic by tuning into the Transformation Show every week that we could earn CPD points? So I've done a little bit of hunting around and I firstly wanted to bring to your attention and perhaps have a little whinge, don't worry, I'm not going to have a big go, is our show notes. As you're all probably aware, I produce a weekly set of show notes so that wherever you may be listening to the Transformation Show, whether you're walking the dog, whether you're at the gym, driving in the car, it can always be an arduous thing to take notes or to take note of a particular link or a tool that we discuss on the show. So I put together a very comprehensive I guess it's a bit like a blog post every single week that you're always able to find. This week, you're able to find it at robertstar.com forward slash episode 72. But just even scrolling back through last week's, for example, which brought around a number of questions, and actually a few listeners 
actually very pleased that we had the show notes because there were so many links that they wanted to get hold of, particularly Kim Hesse's video series. Um, but it, basically, I'll walk you through it. So when you visit the robertstar.com website and you go to one of these posts, what you'll find at the top of the post is a player to listen to the podcast. So that's viewable on any device as well. Some of you, probably the majority, download the podcast through iTunes, uh, which is great. And there's always a link if you actually tap on the cover as you're listening to me. Uh, there's a link to the show notes there as well. Now, you're able to open up the play and you can listen to it from directly on that page and it'll give you a little summary as to what you can expect in the episode as well and a few nice links. It might even mention the show sponsor, which of course again today is brought to you by Audible, a word from them a little later. I've also started to include the preview video. So for those of you who are on the robertstar.com list, you're the first to know when a new episode comes out. Um, You also get the preview video, which has been around since I think it was episode 37 with John Hollenberg. So it gives you a little snapshot as to what you can expect. I've started to put that in the post as well. All the resources and links we talk about before the interview. And thanks to Mike in New South Wales, he suggested that we should have a timeline uh, so that if you don't get the opportunity to listen to it all the way through, that you can actually go to the parts that may be most important to you or break it up into sizable chunks. So we've done that and it gets broken up to even up to about 15 segments. Particularly like last week, you could find where you could find top event mistakes, what you should include in your invitations, um, what Kim's top three strategies were. So really, really useful. And it's always good if you're in that mode of, for example, like last week, planning the event. Um, you can go back to that, um, which is really, really useful. So you can use it as a resource, as I know a lot of you do already. And of course, all of the interview resources, some tweetable. So if you'd like to tweet some of the some of the thoughts that uh, have been left about the um, particular episode, I'll put a series of tweetables out there. If you want to share that with any colleagues or anyone you know who would love the show, I'd certainly love to appreciate them as well. So if you do that on Twitter, it often mentions me. So I'll uh, hit you back and say thank you and give you a virtual high five. And I also record my top three key learnings as well, which I'll explain in a moment why that's really important. And there's also a couple of other links there as well of how you can record a question so you can be featured on the Transformation Show if you choose. But most importantly, there is the show notes discussion box, which is where you can leave a comment for me and our guests, and we can write back to you. I get a lot of tweets, I get a lot of emails, not a whole lot of questions that come in the show notes. I know Adam put in a fantastic one, as well as a few others after Jules Blundell's episode number 70. Uh, But certainly, it's a great place to just share what you learnt about the uh, particular episode and what you took away from it. And particularly, if you'd like to really get the best out of the guests that we have on the show, they're always happy to respond individually to your questions. So it's a really good place to do that. Even if you're catching up on episodes, you haven't kept pace with the weekly schedule, um, you can always do that down the track. And I'm always happy to go back to the guests and uh, get them to respond to you as well, which most of them are very, very happy to do that. So don't be afraid. I would love you to leave a comment in the show notes, particularly this week, um, because I'd love to know that uh, you've... uh, (laughs) 
obviously paid attention, um, but I don't often ask for a favor, but it's just a really nice place to let me know um, how you're going and what you've taken away from it so we can keep improving as well. Now, I did mention that has something to do with CPD, and it absolutely does. I've done my investigating, and you can self-accredit a number of CPD activities through self-recording. So as you would probably expect, this is not a accredited form of CPD. However, if we have some nice people in the industry who would like to sponsor the accreditation of each episode for CPD, I would be more than happy to have a chat with you. Or if you know someone, please send them my way. I would love to have that conversation. But in lieu of that, you can record this as a CPD activity. Uh, group one, you can basically just record yourself accessing the information without assessment, and you get to claim one credit per hour. Um, and also group two. So if you happen to um, listen to the episode so and you're able to improve your skills uh, through assessment, in which case you could maintain a log or a journal of the learnings that you've taken away from the show. And if you haven't taken the time or don't want to take the time to record those learnings, you can use mine, which I publish in each one of each week's um, show notes as well. So you can do that. Um, and I've listed in the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 72, how you can record that to meet uh, the Pharmacy Board of Australia's requirements for record keeping. And also, you also are able to claim up to two hours or two CPD points for putting together a uh, learning journal and a learning plan for yourself, which is fantastic. Um, because again, we should always sit down at the beginning of the year, set some goals as we talked about at the beginning of this year. And one of those things might be even retrospectively looking back through the catalog of episodes of things that you might want to take away. I do appreciate that it is difficult to uh, maintain pace of a weekly schedule, but I appreciate it so much for those who dedicate that hour every week, I really do appreciate it more than you know. So this week's sponsor is Audible once again. Uh, so for you, the motivated pharmacy owner listeners of the show, Audible is once again offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I'm st I haven't kept pace with a book a month at the moment. It's just been so busy. However, I'm still reading The Second Machine Age, which is written by Eric Brynjolfsson. I've said it correctly this week. Andrew McAfee at, at the moment. But you can download that one or another audiobook for free by trying audible.com. So all you need to do to do that is visit audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Don't worry, that's in the show notes as well. And um, you can grab that at your leisure, obviously, after you finish listening to this week's show. So we're going to get into our chat with Jeff. I know you're going to enjoy it. It's relevant to absolutely everyone. And of course, as I mentioned last week, we're putting on a webinar on July 31st as well. So you'll be able to get all your questions answered. So if you, if you happen to come away from this week's episode with a bunch of questions that you'd really love to get answered through Jeff's expertise, Head across to the webinar. We've had already 61 registrations, so only 39 remain, which is amazing. 
but it's a free registration, so take advantage of it. And as of course, we always mention, a pharmacist's lunchtime is never exactly 12 o'clock uh, if you're planning to attend, but we are also going to have the replay for you as well. So don't forget you can do that at your leisure and view that anywhere, anytime as well. Without further ado, we'll head across to Jeff for our interview. Our interview today is with Jeff Green. He's an author, business exit strategist, and the founder of GRG Momentum, which specializes in high growth strategies and high value exits. Jeff would like to be known for helping more business owners to successfully exit their business. Jeff Green, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be on the show. Oh, look, terrific, Jeff. And I think from our introduction, a lot of our listeners will take away and think, well, where's the technology going to help us today? Because we're talking business exits. But at the end of the day, we're all really about creating financial freedom or a high value business exit on our own terms. And I know that you, as you'll share with us today, the technology can play a big part in our systems in actually giving us that high valuation at the end of the day. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Rob, because one of the things that I think we need to cover off quite a bit today is is just the sort of things business owners can can do in their in their business to really, really add value when it comes to exit. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I guess in a way, you know, for a lot of us and, you know, we've seen all the demographics of, I guess, where our colleagues are sitting in terms of pharmacy ownership. And we are typically in our late 50s, early 60s. I know I'm not. Um, but certainly, um, you know, we get very emotional about our business when we consider exits. And I know that we're probably talking about something that sat as sat as an elephant in the room for a long period of time. But I guess as, as, um, as we talk about, and I know you talk about in your book, The Smart Business Exit, it really is that emotional uh, roller coaster that we're all on when we start getting our toes into ownership. Yeah, and I think the phrase elephant in the room is a really good one, Rob. Um, I work with a really wide range of business owners, but but particularly uh, baby boomer business owners. And and this whole concept of, of exiting can, can cause a lot of stress for a lot of people. And it really is an elephant in the room because um, everybody knows it's something they should be thinking about um, and doing something about. Uh, but the problem is once, once you start to look at it, it, it raises all sorts of, of hard issues, um, which some of which we'll cover today. And a lot of those issues can be quite emotional. So uh, I think, you know, starting with that concept of elephant in the room is a good place to start. Yeah, look, absolutely. And look, as, as an industry, we've seen so much change in the last 15 years. You know, PBS reform has never gotten more accelerated and I guess a lot more variable from what we've seen, particularly in the last five years, which has really meant that, you know, our businesses purely from a dispensary point of view were no longer just viable on their own and we've had to look at retail and how we can improve those aspects of our business and look at all sorts of income streams to really promote our business back to the halcyon days of where it was 15 years ago. So there's a lot of things that have changed. We've seen our operating costs go up and obviously the revenues coming down through all of that and I guess it's leaving us at the moment with a little bit of uncertainty as to where we can go but I guess as a business owner and pharmacies are small businesses as well, there's so much we can do to, I guess, boost the, uh, the valuations of our businesses. 
Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right, Rob. And it's probably worth um, spending a few minutes just talking about exactly where the pharmacy industry is overall, because this is a really important aspect when it comes to business exit. Um, and I'm probably in a position where I, I work with people in, in a lot of different industries. Um, and what I'm seeing at the moment is across all industries, lots and lots of changes. Um, and, I, and I suspect the pharmacy industry, you know, is quite similar to a lot of other um, health industries uh, and particularly the, the sort of the specialist advisory aspects of those. So a lot of what we're seeing happening in dentistry, um, in optometry, um, in GP practices and so on, um, my, my sort of look from the outside is that a lot of those sort of, sort of things are happening in, in pharmacy as well. Um, and when it comes to exit, it's really important for pharmacy owners to have a really good understanding of where their business is going because and where their industry is going because a lot of the opportunities they perhaps had to sell to various people in the past might not be there so much moving forward. Um, and that's one of the things we can we can flesh out a little bit more today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I guess, Jeff, just so our listeners really understand, I guess, your background and, you know, obviously a lot went into the I guess, the creation of the smart business exit. Um, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and I guess what you've seen with your clients, particularly in that last 10 to 15 year period, um, that is, you know, meaning that, you know, we need to start to think about the exit pretty much from day one from when we first start. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Rob. Um, my, my background is primarily in, in corporate law. Uh, I was a corporate lawyer for many years, so so did lots of transactional work, um, lots of buying and selling businesses. I did a lot of public company work as well, public company floats and takeovers. Uh, but I worked a lot, and this is a space I like to work in, I worked a lot with entrepreneurs and high growth companies. So I saw a lot around um, how to really build value in a, in a business and then and then uh, realise that value through a, through a good exit. Um, but probably one of the things, uh, once I'd been working for quite a while, was one of the things I really noticed was a lot of business exits don't go very well and a lot of business owners don't get what they would really like to get out of their exit. Um, and I suppose what I started to see was uh, uh, the reason for that was a lot of people hadn't put a lot of work into their exit beforehand. Um, and there are a lot of things that uh, were really hard to fix when you actually got to doing the doing the business exit deal itself, um, which could have been fixed, you know, six months, twelve months, three years, five years earlier. Um, so I was really thinking a lot of, a lot about that, um, and probably at the same time, and this was probably 15, 20 years ago. I had a lot of a lot more clients coming to me saying, "Well, can you help us get better prepared for our exits?" And I started working with people earlier, um, and a lot of and, and there are a lot of things you can do if you start earlier. And that was really what, uh, you know, what I've tried to do with the Smart Business Exit book is, is really uh, put a lot of that into a book um, and try and get that information to, to people at a much earlier stage, um, both through the book, through shows like this and so on. So, so that's, that's really in a nutshell where I've come from and how I've ended up specialising in business exits over the last 15 years or so. Yeah, no, look, thanks, Jeff, and I appreciate that. And I guess for, for our listeners as well, um, you know, I wanted to also share that, you know, when I first came across Jeff, and that was probably about uh, 12 to 18 months ago, I guess it was more in a more personal sense because, you know, I'd, I'd approached Jeff for some expertise around our family businesses, around where things were going. And obviously, all of those threats that have come across the pharmacy industry were very apparent. And, uh, you know, one thing that we took away and what we could learn is, you know, really get to start early and 
and uh, you know not wait until things get accelerated and start to get a little bit out of your hands and out of your comfort zone and really beginning with uh, you know I guess a fresh perspective in terms of how you're going to approach that not as a sense that in a matter of urgency but how you can do go around preventing I guess all of those things that come down the track and I guess on that on that Jeff you know I, I, I guess what I've come across a lot through many colleagues um, coming to me and talking to me about their business it really is an emotional journey um, you know for, I reckon from a from a personal perspective it's like a third or fourth child or an additional child to a, your family and uh, a lot of uh, colleagues are looking at their businesses that way and they're very attached and it's very hard for them to say what would I do if I'm going to sell my business um, but in, in reality it's probably not the uh, healthiest way of approaching it. Yeah, look, I think you're absolutely right, Rob, and it's probably something that um, I've probably been aware of for many years, but it, it really came out to me very strongly when, when, I, when I wrote my book uh, as I was talking a lot with business owners and, and talking, talking to them a lot about, you know, what it was like going through their, through their business exit and, 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 and so on. And what really struck me was, was how emotional it actually is for a lot of business owners. And, and if you've, you know, if you've um, set up and owned and run a pharmacy for 20, 30 years plus, then, you know, you're very invested in the business. You spend a massive amount of time building it. Um, you've got a lot of connections in your local communities because of all the people that come to your pharmacy. You've built something you're proud of. Um, and letting that go is it can be can be very emotional. Um, and I suppose what I say to a lot of business owners is you 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 can't you can't avoid the emotional roller coaster that you're going to experience as you do your business exit. But if you know it's coming and you can you can be ready for it and you can understand that at at various stages during the process you you are going to feel very differently about the whole the whole process. Um, then you you're going to be much better placed to handle it as you go along. And it is it's a hard thing to talk about too because a lot of a lot of business people they they're very proud of what they do and. Um, you know, they they take a lot of the challenges on and, and, and absorb them internally and deal with them internally. So to actually um, confront some of, the, some of those issues externally and to find people that they can actually talk to about these issues um, is, is often a real challenge, I find. Yeah, no, look, I, I think so. And, you know, a lot of the time it's it's hard to see anyone else doing the job to the same level or to the same level of understanding and expertise than you can. You know, typically most colleagues in pharmacies that I've visited, you know, they are the centre point of the community. They've got people's families, three, four generations coming to see them because they know their family's preferences. They know what they love. They know where their kids have been. Their kids have probably grown up with each other. And it's so hard to see how how that could be something that uh, you know they could ever disattach themselves from, but eventually, you know, by by life's path or through business, you are going to exit your business at some point, and uh, I suppose it's better to be prepared uh, for that moment. Um, and uh, we've spoken a lot on the show in terms of systemization, and you know, particularly, I think, even episode fifty nine, we spoke about customer relationship management uh, with Wimbertard from Farm Engage, and really about trying to. I guess 
get the intellectual property that's in your mind as the pharmacy owner accessible to everyone else in your business so that when a customer comes to visit you in the pharmacy, it is a reproducible experience because you're building a brand and it's not just you that's delivering on your brand promise all the time. So I guess all of those systems, in a sense, will enable a business owner to, I guess, have a business that someone else might look at and say, that's really attractive and I don't need to take that owner with me. Yeah, I, I think that's right, Robin. It's probably a good segue into um, you know two of the three sort of fundamental points that that I, that I, I think we should uh, cover early on in this podcast. Sure. Um, and and the first of that is, uh, and we've sort of touched on it a bit so far. And and it might sound very simple, but every every business owner eventually exits their business, and it's not like fifty percent do or sixty percent do, a hundred percent do. Um, and just people getting their mind around the fact that one you know one day I'm going to have to have to exit, um, and and then the follow key follow on point from that is how am I going to exit? Um, because a lot of people don't have. Um, control over their exit process because it, it it really creeps up on them. And and the two key reasons why people sell their businesses is either they or a, or a close family member have a serious health issue um, or somebody makes an approach to buy their business. Um, and in both those cases, if you're not ready, um, you're not going to make the right sorts of decisions around your exit process. So, so that was the first fundamental point that, you know, everybody does exit. And I think the second point, which you've just alluded, to Rob is the fact that um, your the value of your business as an owner can be quite different um, to the value of your business to somebody buying it, and a lot of that's really tied up with the fact that um, if if you if you own the business and you're at the heart of the business, um, you, you will generate a certain income from that business, um, and the, and the business can be quite strong while you're at the centre of it. Um, but but if you take yourself out of the business. Um, a buyer coming in might look at it and say, well, I'm having trouble seeing the value in that business because it's not worth a lot with the original owner not there anymore. And I think that's one of the key key things that would be good for us to explore a little bit more um, in, in today's podcast. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. And, you know, I guess that's where, you know, technology probably plays its best role. Um, you know, my, my belief has always been that uh, you're using it to accelerate and to uh, make your business uh, more efficient around all your best practices um, and if you can't do that then the technology is not right but you know in putting those systems into place and I guess allowing the experience that you as the center point of the business can demonstrate to your patients um, every time they come in and be able to give that system to your staff and potentially a new owner of the business it's going to change the whole fundamental of I guess the value there in as much that it's a business not a person that they're actually buying and I suppose that's the thing about the the valuations of pharmacies that typically such a large proportion has been made up of goodwill and um, you know the criteria for valuing pharmacy businesses has changed so much over the last five to ten years with all of the PBS reform changes and uh, I think a lot of the way the reasons for that is I guess the limited um, income streams um, you know we've typically had you know dispensary and retail as probably the two core staples of pharmacy businesses retail has probably come down a lot um, you know purely and simply because we've been deregulated by stealth through discounters supermarkets taking hold of those 
you know, so those exclusive categories that we used to have in our front of store. So it's about um, diversifying. And I know that, um, you know, I read a great article that you wrote, Jeff, about, I guess, different ways of um, ensuring your business is valuable through different income streams. Um, did you want to perhaps share with our listeners some of those in- insights as to what our colleagues right now potentially could be doing to, I guess, boost that value that, that they have right now? Yeah, I, I, I think I think there are a lot of things that, that, that all businesses can do. And a lot of this comes back, I suppose, to, you know, understanding where, where your industry is going. Um, and what I'm, what I'm finding as I'm talking to people across a lot of different industries um, is, is a lot of people say to me, well, you know, we've just got to keep plugging away till we can get back to the good old days before the GFC. Um, the, the good old days in a lot of industries aren't going to come back again. Um, and the GFC, pro- you know, probably, I think, has clouded people's thinking a little bit on that because there's sort of this sense of, well, you know, if we could just keep going, things will, things will get back to the good old days. And it's just not going to happen because in a lot of industries, there have been really fundamental changes. A lot of the stuff that you've just mentioned, Rob, and that you would be, you know, across a lot more than I am. But it's happening in all industries. And so you need to react to to how they're changing. Um, and one of the biggest factors I see is um, technology. You know, we're seeing that um, impacting a lot of, lot of industries. And you either embrace it or ignore it. But if you don't embrace it, then I, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of businesses, particularly baby boomer style businesses, um, over the next sort of 10 years or so, they're really just going to fade away. Um, so it's really, really critical that, that people embrace the changes and, and, and understand what, you know, why, why they need to do so given the changes that are happening in their industry. Yeah, and no, I guess you know, there's no no better one that we've come come across on the show is automation, and it only stands to reason that if our profit per prescription is decreasing and now it's you know flatlining, um, that we reduce the cost of our manual labour uh, in the business. And uh, you know, one of those great examples is automation. In as much that uh, you know, a robot can provide a reproducible uh, service and picking and inventory management system. Um, to a higher efficient level than a, than a typical person in your pharmacy. And it's not to say that the people in the pharmacy become less important. They're even more valuable because on the basis of where your customers are extracting the best value from your business, if you're not a price-driven discounter, they're coming to you for that value exchange of you know bringing their knowledge and your knowledge and the information around their health conditions to map out a successful path to good health and having that conversation. And, uh, you know, we need to be doing everything in our power to ensure that you know the focus of the business is on that and our resources are that way rather than on the archaic processes of the past which are you know are not going to not going to come back we're going to continue to evolve and grow and I guess if we put ourselves you know it's probably not a bad place for us to think about it Jeff in that if if ourselves if we put ourselves in the position of a prospective buyer of our businesses what would the business look like you know in a sense that you know would we we buy our own business the way it is right now and would it be an attractive um, proposition because you know at the end of the day if someone's going to buy the business they're not going to be buying it to keep it as it is they're going to try to innovate and grow and um, you know perhaps that might guide us to perhaps where we need to be focusing our attention right now. Yeah, look, I think that's right, Rob, and I, you've touched on a, on a point that you know I'm very strong on, which is um, 
business owners always thinking like buyers and it's it's one of the the seven key strategies in my uh, book the smart business exit and i think if if people can really take that fundamental step of trying to stand outside their business and look back at it and say if, if i was looking at this business and i was seriously looking at buying the business um how would the business look to me what things do i think would be valuable in the business what things would would concern me and so on and i think when you come back to um say technology i think this is a really interesting area because if i'm a buyer looking at a business and i and i look at the owner and go he is a fantastic pharmacist but everything in his business is dependent on him then i'm i'm going to i'm going to pay less for that business because um unless that pharmacist stays on um I, I'm, I'm going to have to fill all those gaps myself, and I probably won't do it as well as a buyer. So you're going to discount it. But if you look at a look at a, a business that has a lot of smart um, systems and processes and technology and so on, which mean that you're less dependent on um, the expertise and personal relationships of, uh, of some of the key people in the business, um, then I'm going to value that higher. Um, also, if I can see things in the business that potentially let that pharmacy business grow more easily in the future again i'm going to going to apply a, a higher value to that so it's these things are all really important when it comes to selling um and it's a bit like you know selling your own house um if you can stand back from your house and try and look at it objectively and try and look at it like like a buyer would look at it what do you see you know and then you do start to see well there's you know there's a bit of maintenance that needs doing and you know there are aspects about the house which are probably not as good as they could be now if you're if you're selling the house in five years and you can time and you can do some work on those things that's great but if you've just woken up one day and said look it's time to move on you've got much less much less time to actually deal with those issues so this whole concept of thinking like a buyer i think is really fundamental to this whole area yeah, no, look, I think that's a great metaphor because I think all of us at, the, at different stages of our lives have been through the uh, buying and selling process of our house. And you think about all of the work that goes into preparing it for open for inspections and how, you know, people automatically start to throw out dead wood that they don't actually need and they uh, start to, uh, you know, get experts in to fix up their garden to uh you know make it attractive to people that uh you know it makes you think you know why weren't these things obvious um whilst you were living in it um and i and i guess at the end of the day it comes back to that point of wanting a higher valuation exit from your own home and uh you're doing all of that to try to get your maximum price and i suppose it's also on the other side of the coin where we're not trying to sell but just trying to reclaim the financial freedom in our businesses we need to be looking at it exactly the same way in as much that it's probably not a bad process to just even think about internally of preparing your business for sale and you may not actually be selling it but it's putting the same mindset and urgency in place which uh, on a typical uh, every day in the pharmacy it wouldn't exist yeah absolutely and look i think just back on the automation point rob i think one of the challenges with um uh, industries like pharmacy and and any of those industries where where they rely a lot on 
the personal interaction with, with customers and so on, is, is how you how you preserve the the, the really important aspects of that, um, but but then use automation and technology in smart ways to support that, um, and and that is challenging, and I and I don't think there are any sort of easy answers to that, and I suppose what I see in a lot of industries is every now and again you see an industry that does it or or a particular business that does it really really well, um, but a lot of businesses don't, you know. They they either don't go far enough down that track, or or they perhaps go too far, and they they actually uh, destroy some of the some of the key things in their business as a result. So it's it's a process that you you, you need to approach, um, you know, with a lot of thought and and careful planning. Um, but if you get it right, it can be very very powerful. I think. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, probably, you know, focus, you know, automation is one of these key aspects. And I probably see too many colleagues come up to APP, our major pharmacy conference every year, looking at the robots, looking at the automation as the, the magic bullet of transforming their business. And really, it's just about, you know, making your processes and best practice more efficient, and therefore, um, you know, reducing your operating costs to become more profitable. But it's just one of those aspects there's so many things that you can do in your business that you'd be doing every day that you might be able to eliminate delegate or automate Um, and it doesn't always have to be a robot but the interesting thing is is to look at how that's applied that theory overseas in as much that you know in Holland I think we spoke about probably in one of the earlier episodes of transformation last year uh, where automation has got to the level of about 30 percent of total pharmacies are automated um, and in Australia we're at about three to four percent and the the huge gap there that we're seeing is more to do with sustainability and as much that there was a study done of those pharmacies in Holland and those that automated survived and those that didn't didn't survive um, so it, it's really just about you know getting to that getting to the understanding of what can make your business more efficient and therefore more sustainable uh, before it gets to that tipping point where it's completely out of your hands yeah and and I think that I think the thing with automation too is what we're where the relationship with the customer is very important is is really having automation um, helping you enhance that relationship um, ra- rather than necessarily taking away the, the key elements of that relationship. Um, I mean, perhaps just to give you an example, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a book lover and um, and I, I love spending time in bookshops. Um, I also buy some books from Amazon. Um, and the thing that I find interesting, you know, or I have found interesting over the last couple of years is, you know, I can walk into, you know, bookshops that that are close to where I live. And and over the years, I've probably bought a lot of books there. Um, The bookshop owners probably don't really know me all that well. They, you know, they they might recognise me and, and so on. But my relationship with them is very much just what happens when I walk into the bookshop. With Amazon, literally from the first time you buy a book, um, they're, they're starting to have a relationship with you. And I know it's all done through very, very smart computers and, and automation processes and so on, but they know, they know who you are. They greet you by name. Um, they tell you what you bought recently. They can tell you everything you've ever bought from them. Um, they can suggest things to you that you might want to look at now. So they, they, they automate 
uh, a lot of aspects of the relationship with you in a much, much smarter way than, than say, a store where you can walk in and deal with someone face-to-face and walk out and they don't know much more about you than they than they knew when you walked in. So I think this is, you know, and this is a trick, I think, with, with automation to, to get it in a way that it really enhances, you know, pharmacies can use automation to enhance their relationships with their customers, um, don't see it as just a total replacement process. Yeah. Now, look, it, it, it strikes a very strong chord with me because, you know, when I started in pharmacy, it just there, there were a whole lot of procedural things that were wrong and that, you know, you'd have in a busy pharmacy, three, four pharmacists up two and a half feet, you know, frantically typing away, picking boxes. And then at the critical point of where there was a conversation to be had with the patient handed over to a 16-year-old pharmacy assistant to uh, complete the transaction. And it really was that much, you know, they fulfilled the need of compliance. They asked all the questions that uh, potentially may have been extremely important for the patient, ensuring them that they weren't uh, putting themselves at any harm or anything like that. But ultimately, there wasn't a whole lot of value attached to it. And, and really, I saw a whole lot of problem with that. And as much that in reality, everything that the pharmacist was doing was really just a, a manual process, a robotic process that should be replaced by something of a, a lower value, whether that be a per person uh, or an, an automation robot, which we're, we're now seeing now, so that in reality, when the patients are coming to the pharmacy, and I don't think they ever really enjoy coming to the pharmacy. I think, you know, when they come in, they may be unwell, they've got a problem, they want to talk to the person with the highest amount of knowledge and insight. And that's generally us as pharmacists. And, uh, you know, if we can do everything we can to get all of those other things out of the way to create room for those conversations, it's going to be, uh, you know, really interesting. And, and I think as you touch on there with books there Jeff as well that I think you know really hits the nail on the head as to why in Australia uh, borders and all around the world borders um, you know failed because you would have these droves of people coming in treating them as uh, you know I guess Starbucks enhanced uh, libraries um, but all very de-identified unknown they didn't realize you know what people were doing when they were coming in they didn't understand it and maybe they needed the technology of today where you can uh, utilise things like Wi-Fi to understand people's habits in store and so forth uh, to build a customer experience about what people are doing and what they're interested in. But ultimately, that's why it failed and why Amazon is flourishing. Yeah. And look, I'm seeing this across a lot of industries, Rob, this concept of, of, of how you can more efficiently automate the what I'd call the information gathering process um, and I'll probably work with a, a lot of lot of industries where um, you know there are specialist industries like pharmacy where you, you, there's a lot of you know gathering of information and then what you're looking for is is uh, the senior people in that in that business to to then sit down with you and and apply their judgment and skill and expertise. Um, but that's that's what you want to be doing. You want to try and automate the 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 information gathering process so that you're freed up to actually um, impart the skill and experience and knowledge that that your customers value in a in a you know in a really high value way. And and what I'm seeing is it and it's it's amazing in some industries where where they're really automated the information gathering process. They've totally transformed their their businesses and and they're much more enjoyable businesses. To work in because instead of dealing with all the all the nuts and bolts, you're really dealing with the stuff that you like doing, which is the the high value stuff and the and the and using your expertise to really really help you help your clients and patients or whatever. Um, so, and 
it, again, if you do that, a buyer coming in looks at that and goes, well, this is a business that, um, you know, has a lot of value in it and it's been run efficiently and more profitably and it's got a lot, lot more growth potential. So I will look at paying more for that business. Yeah, yeah. And I guess our listeners are all at different levels. Um, some may be just starting out in their first pharmacy, in, in which case, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you need to take away from this particular episode, or you may be at the other end and, you know, actually looking to, um, I guess, start preparing. But I guess, Jeff, just from your experience with some of your clients, you know, what would be one of the best cases that, you know, you've seen working with where, you know, they've adopted that philosophy of starting early and, you know, are starting to see... I guess, you know, some great results and maybe even a great offer um, for their business as a result of, you know, getting this planning in early? Uh, look, probably probably the best example I'd have of that, um, and, it, and it's covered in quite a bit of detail in my book, um, is a company called DT, um, which was set up by a, who's now a very close friend of mine, a guy called David Trewern. Um, and I, I literally started working with David in on his business. Um, it'd be nearly 20 years ago now. They were one of the early startup businesses um, in the internet space here in Australia. So I started working with him when it was uh, him and his uh, girlfriend, now wife, um, and, a, and a mate of his just working out of their front bedroom. Um, and we we spent a lot of time working on developing the business, developing high growth strategies, and so on. Um, and that business um, is is now uh, now owned by STW Group, uh, John Singleton's um, company, uh, which is an ASX listed company. Uh, they're now based in St Kilda Road and um, and and got offices in Sydney and elsewhere. And they're they're about a two hundred and fifty person company now, and one of the one of the leading digital agencies in in Australasia and probably Asia. Um, and and that was a classic case of. You know, David and I often talk about this working on the business rather than in the business. Um, so we worked on a lot of strategies over over many years, and a lot of that was around systems and processes, um, and working in a way that enabled David to stand back from the business and work on it strategically rather than you know, rather than building websites. Um, you know, David's still involved in that company; he's executive chairman of it, um, so he's maintained his interest um, in that in that business, although he's got a lot of other business interest now as well and that was a classic case of, uh, of literally starting from scratch but always thinking about where you wanted to take the business in the future yeah yeah no look it's that's it's a fantastic story and certainly you know rapid rapid growth but also sustainability as well and still being obviously able to stay within the business but um obviously you know get that get that great result at the end of the day and 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 jeff i i guess you know where um, you know our colleagues should be thinking right now in terms of I guess the first few steps. You know, typically in preparation for sale, I think the first thing that comes to mind is you know you've got to go get your business valued, and I guess there's a lot of un- uh, misunderstanding and a lot of uh, conjecture about what that criteria may actually be right now but you know obviously typically it has it's a it's a factor of your net profit and across a particular multiple which might be at a particular point in time but i guess even back further to that assuming that um you know our listeners today aren't at a point where they need to sell immediately um you know what would you recommend as i guess a, a couple of strategies that they could do to i guess start planning that exit today yeah, I think that, I mean, we're not going to have time to go into detail on a lot of things um, in today's podcast, but there are, I think there are four or five key things that we can 
we could cover with your listeners to to help them get started. And 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 the first one really is actually getting started. Um, and I don't think you. It's not like you need to sit down and and solve all issues in one hit. Um, because there's a lot lot to do around a business exit. Um, and, and, you know, some of that's to do with the business, some of it's to do with what you want to do personally, what you want to do afterwards and so on. Um, you know, sometimes kids are involved in the business, so you need to work through those issues. There'll be financial aspects and so on. So it could get a bit overwhelming. Um, and But my view is you, you need to actually start. You, you can't just keep putting it off. And, and I know over the years when I've talked to lots of business owners, um, they know they need to do something, but it, they start thinking about it and it all gets too hard. So they just, you know, uh, go back to working on the business and and think they'll think about it further down the track. But there's a lot of things that you can just gradually do um, to start getting yourself ready ready to sell your business. And look, it's probably, you know, back a bit to the, uh, the metaphor of, uh, of selling your house. You know, everybody's gone through that process at various stages in their life. And um, again, there's this things you can do to get your house ready for sale, um, which you can start, you know, six months before you sell, a year before you sell, even five years before you sell. Um, So the decisions you make about, will we put on an extra bedroom, will we put in a pool or take out a pool, will we do some work on the garden or whatever, those things you you need to do quite a bit earlier to actually realise the value of those when you actually sell your house. And it's the same with the business. You need to look at what what are some of the things that I can start working on earlier to to get to get ready for for my business exit. Um, now, I think one of the problems in this area, Rob, is there's not a lot of information out there about getting ready for business exits. Um, and some of the information that is out there is actually pretty hard to digest because it tends to be very sort of technical and, and hard to get through. And this was, um, you know, one of the one of the sort of key reasons for me writing the book was just realising that there's not a lot of information out there um, and just being able to actually provide um, information to business owners so they can start thinking about things earlier. Um, and part of that's also starting to look at who, who you can talk to, whether that's your accountant or your lawyer or your financial planner, or even if it's just other, you know, people that you're close to in the industry that you feel comfortable talking to where you, you can actually, you know, go out and have a bite to eat and, and and talk about those issues because it's really hard to do when you're just, you know, sitting there on your own, you know, working really hard in your business. But you do need to start. Yeah, yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning there, Jeff, you know, it is an elephant in the room topic. And it and it's certainly one that I think if, you know, we all had a good think about, you know, would we want to tell our closest colleague that we're thinking about exiting our business? I don't think that would rank very high on the priority of the conversations that we could have. And uh, quite often it will get suppressed and, uh, you know, we'll talk about, you know, I guess more surface related issues. Uh, but in reality, it's, uh, you know, it's really just uh, having the to have that discussion and really, you know, start to look at it because it can be quite liberating and refreshing to look at, you know, the opportunities hidden within your business. Um, if you were buying it, you know, looking at that that reverse position of, you know, sitting as a buyer instead of the one as the seller uh, and trying to see what would be valuable to you if you were buying it. But, uh, you know, as you alluded to there, Jeff, there's so many strategies and I know that uh, your book, Smart Business Exit, and we'll put a link in the show notes um, at 
robertstar.com forward slash episode 72. And, we'll, and, we'll, and we want to flesh out that a little bit further, which is why I've uh, twisted Jeff's arm. And uh, we're going to put on a webinar on the uh, 31st of July uh, for everyone. And doesn't, you don't have to be in Australia to join it. Um, all you'll need to be able to do is uh, head across to robertstar.com forward slash business exit webinar. And there'll be a link in the show notes there as well. And uh, Jeff will be talking a lot more about, you know, the how-to in, in regards to these strategies and really starting to map out what you can do around, you know, improving your valuation, you know, those common traps of obviously when selling your business and how to avoid them. And particularly answering the question of what if someone wanted to buy your business today, uh, what could you do right now to actually be ready for that? So I know that uh, you'll get a lot of value out of that. It's a free webinar. Um, all you'll need to do is head across to that URL, which is again, robertstar.com forward slash business exit webinar and, uh, and head along to that. Now, Jeff, I, I did also, I also love asking our guests on the show as well, um, you know, one particular question which gets our crystal ball out as to where we think things are going. And, you know, obviously the, the world of business exits is something that's going to continue to evolve so long as we continue to start businesses. And I guess there's never been a better time to be doing that. But I guess if you if you looked at, you know, small business and, you know, pharmacy is a small business and uh, you took away, I guess, those two things that get held up a lot in our businesses of time and resources, you know, what would you love to see pharmacies doing, you know, well into the future? Um, I, 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 think, I think this is an area that um, is is really important, not just for the pharmacy industry, but, you know, across all of small business, Um, because we're really seeing, you know, sort of massive changes. Um, And I think, you know, the really, really important thing for, and this is, you know, not not just business, but our society going forward, is that uh, it's really critical that a lot of industries, you know, like pharmacy or uh, dentistry or optometrists or website developers or whatever it is, that, that we continue to have um, really, really good people working in these industries and providing their, their services and products, um, you know, to us in a way that, you know, is good for the good for the community, good for consumers, but also that they're able to do it in, in a way that um, creates viable businesses and that they're incentivised to, um, you know, to... to for people to want to go into these industries and 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 provide these services, because one of the risks I see, particularly as we go through uh, what I what I call the baby boomer business exit tsunami, is that there's going to be a massive number of businesses um, in a whole lot of sectors go onto the marketplace over the next ten to fifteen years, um, and the risk is that you know some industries are going to go through absolute turmoil, and that's not going to just affect. Um, the owners of those businesses, whether they're pharmacy owners or in other sectors, um, but also staff, consumers, and the and the community as a whole. So, how we actually work through these issues as a nation over the next ten to fifteen years is actually really important. Um, and one thing I did want to just mention, because uh, I think it's relevant to your question, Rob, yeah. is at the moment the the government. Um, is running an inquiry through the Productivity Commission, which is the Australian government's independent research body. Um, And they're looking at 
business set up, transfer and closure. Um, and I've been looking closely at their draft report and they're due to finish that and give it to the government in August. Um, and I'm actually really concerned that in the area of business transfer, they just they just don't seem to have really um, got onto the issues. And, and, and I think there's huge issues here because of, um, you know, the number of businesses that are going to hit the market over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and I understand why it's been challenging, because there's actually not a lot of information out there about this, about these emerging issues. Um, but I think it's a great opportunity for the Productivity Commission to to really drill into this and, and to, to really look at these issues and, and come up with some really clear, you know, recommendations to the to the government on, on what the government and and industries and advisors and so on should be doing in this area. Because I think, you know, we're going to experience some really significant issues um, across all sorts of industries, including pharmacy, over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and if we don't address them well, I think there's going to be a lot of, lot of um, negative negative aspects come out of it yeah yeah no look in 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 terms of i guess where they uh i guess see the uh the easiest targets with the productivity commission a a lot can has been aimed at pharmacy through a number of news reports in the uh in the in the last few months and you know again we need to be doing everything we can uh you know to become more efficient uh to to enhance our patient experience through becoming more efficient but also make our businesses very saleable and scalable and uh you know with the sense theme of technology that we talk about a lot on this show it's got the capabilities of doing all of those things so thank you so much for joining us today jeff i know that uh, i'll be looking forward to our webinar together on the 31st of july uh, if you missed the uh, url it will be in the show notes but it's robertstar.com forward slash business exit webinar and as always we uh, look forward to following your journey jeff and have you back in the not too distant future Thanks, Robert. It's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to the webinar. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Well, I think you'll agree we hit on some really serious issues today and particularly around a topic that we often avoid and we don't want to talk about until it's time to exit our business. And perhaps at that point in time, it's not our decision entirely. My three key learnings, well, you're going to be able to hear more from Jeff as we promised in the webinar coming up and details are in the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 72. But my first key learning is you need to start. 100% of us will exit our businesses eventually. So we don't want to put it off. We'd rather be in control with it from day one. And there are things that we can do to put ourselves in the best position possible. Which brings me to my learning number two. View your business through the eyes of a potential buyer. So that might mean actually thinking about our businesses from outside the front door and actually looking at it and thinking, well, do we have a business or are we the business? We often refer to the knowledge centers that we have as pharmacy owners in our minds that we cannot transfer to all of our team, hence why all of our customers want to talk to us. But ultimately, it's not that valuable to the business. If someone was to buy that, they don't want to buy you, they want to buy the business. So we need to build systems and utilize smart technology to unpack that and systemize it, making it valuable to your entire team all the time and it doesn't depend on you. And also, I love Jeff's metaphor of the house. We've all bought and sold houses at a particular point in time. And ultimately, we always fuss around the house when we're about to sell it because we've got to get the garden ready. We've got to 
fix all of the cracks. We've got to get the paint. We've got to do all sorts of things to make it valuable to someone else who might be buying it. And ultimately, if we went into someone else's pharmacy business and looked at it as we might want to buy that business, I'm sure we'd be a lot more analytical and a lot more critical of some of the things that we just let slide because that's part of our business, because it feels like a family member and we don't want to let it go for all its quirks and other things. So really important we understand it from that perspective. And that brings me to number three. We need to identify new and existing ways to improve our valuations. So that might be technology as Jeff was talking about and we had a good discussion about automation and how that affects businesses other than pharmacies, Amazon, Borders. We can see some great examples there, um, but also injecting some new income streams. I've seen some great examples this year from colleagues amongst you where pharmacists have been leasing their consulting rooms or space in their business to a medical center or an allied health practitioner or a pathology provider as an extra way of generating income. And also, which is a great little innovation, if you happen to own one of the DAA packing sachet machines, you may want to offer that service as a contract to other pharmacies, hence giving you another income stream. We're going to talk a lot more about different things we can do to boost our value of the business and also what you can actually do right now and what are the steps you should follow in the webinar coming up on July 31st. So don't miss it. It's at robertstar.com forward slash business exit webinar. As we spoke about last week, registrations free up to our first 100 registrants. So get in early. Uh, our registrations are already filling up as we promoted that last week. So don't miss out and you can fire up any questions you like at Jeff anonymously if you like. You don't need to identify yourself and get all those hard questions answered that I know we often think about, but we often don't talk about. Well, that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week. We've asked some really big questions today, so it's really appropriate to call it the question of the week. And it comes from Morris Mizalowski, who was featured in episode number 50. And the question is, are you listening to yesterday, but speaking to tomorrow? I think there's a lot of things we can learn about that and be motivated by it as well. We've had such a great history in pharmacy. A lot of our businesses have got such great stories we can be sharing with our community as well. But at the same time, we are in an evolutionary state in all forms of business, as Jeff shared with us today, and we need to be thinking about tomorrow and what that may bring and the big opportunities that it represents for us all at the moment. Don't forget, we've got the webinar coming up. So the Momentum with Jeff from GRG Momentum, sorry about the pun there, um, is going to continue on Friday, the 31st of July at 12 o'clock. And that's Australian Eastern Standard Time as well for anyone who would like to join us from international shores. Most welcome. Capacity is limited to the first 100 registrants. And as I mentioned, we're already up to 61 registrants. So we've only got 39 remaining. But there will be a replay available for a limited time after the event if you can't attend. So the key thing here is don't miss your opportunity to not only jump on the webinar, grab the replay, but also take the opportunity to ask all your tough questions of Jeff and start your smart business exit journey off on the right path. Speaking of opportunities, next week's show, 
really leveraging the power of what's available to us and what the big opportunities are. We have Christian Marnie, the retail guy. Big term to use, but his credentials back that up. A long and very illustrious career in retail. He's got a lot to share with us from outside of the pharmacy industry. He will share with us some fantastic insights. He went to such great lengths in preparing for our chat. He got together a focus group of people who had visited pharmacies in the previous couple of weeks and shared some great retail insights. But most importantly, actionable insights that we can implement straight away into our businesses as we look to improve our retail sales through better sales conversations. And I can't honestly say that when I first started in pharmacy and even now, there aren't some conversations when we talk about sales that don't make you cringe. And Christian has some great tips, tricks and techniques to really take the sales feel out of the conversation, but at the same time, generate profitable results as well. I know you're going to love it. Make sure you leave a comment in the show notes. I did focus on it today, so I know you won't forget. Uh, please do. And if you'd love the show, also ask a question of Jeff and as well as jumping on the webinar as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.